You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. So this morning, I want to talk to you real quickly um, from John chapter 9. John chapter 9, um, um, from verse 1 to 7. I'm also going to look at verse 14. The subject matter this morning is I want to talk to you from a mess to a miracle. Everybody say from a mess to a miracle. Amen. God has a way of taking you or taking things that may look like a mess and turn it out into a miracle. Amen. So let's, let's get to it this morning. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your wonderful grace. We thank you for the awesome opportunity that we have this morning to come and sit at your feet and learn from you. Holy Spirit, I make it known. I am not dependent on my own human ability to minister your word. I'm fully trusting in you to minister and teach your word with accuracy and with simplicity. I thank you as your word is taught this morning that faith and revelation comes to each heart. And I thank you that you bless your people through the, through the teaching and preaching of your word this morning in Jesus' name. If you are ready to receive, why don't you go ahead and say amen. 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 Have you found John chapter 9? Let's look at verse 1. We find here in John chapter 9, John chapter 9 verse 1 says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Everybody say blind from birth. And his disciples asked him saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? In other words, was it his fault? Or was it his parents' fault? Jesus then answers and says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but, everybody say but, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So Jesus says to, this, to his disciples that the reason for this man's blindness is not because he sinned or his parents sinned, but that the works, but that the works of God should be revealed in him or that the glory of God should be revealed in him. It's important, family, to notice. I want to mention this. This is not in my note, but understand this. Apostle Allen gave us a word on, on New Year's Eve. How many of you were here for New Year's Eve? Amen. If you haven't listened to the New Year's Eve service, please go and download the podcast from Spotify or any of our, our social media platforms. It's a powerful word, but one of the aspects of the word that Apostle Allen gave us is that we should, in 2024, explore more. And explore means to see or to witness things that you haven't yet seen. Amen. One of the things about the case with the blind man in John chapter 9 is the fact that you find, let me say this first, whenever someone in Scripture is healed, Scripture specifically and with intent, I want to say it this way, with intent points out that it is a man that is healed of blindness. You will never find in Scripture that the, that the Bible points out that Jesus healed a woman of blindness. Now, am I saying that Jesus never ever healed blind women? That's not what I'm saying. Jesus healed all manner of disease and all manner of people. I'm saying Scripture doesn't specifically with intent point out that Jesus healed a blind woman. Now, I know I got you thinking because you know it's true. You, you, don't, you hear of blind Bartimaeus in Scripture. You don't hear of blind Betty in the Scripture. Bartimaeus is a man, amen? So why is this? Because understand this, in Scripture, man, a man represents leadership. 
Men in the Bible represent leadership or headship. And it is, it is imperative for leadership to have vision. And if men are going to lead, because that is symbolically what they represent in Scripture, they require vision. So if the enemy is going to steal your vision and your purpose, he attacks your eyes, he attacks your vision, and he puts blindness on leadership. If the enemy is going to, to, to destroy a church, he goes for headship and he destroys vision. Where there is no vision, my people perish. Are you seeing this? So it is imperative that leadership always have vision. That they have the ability to see where God is leading and guiding. I'm going to say this because, so you know, I'm not saying that women can't lead. So that you know, women can, listen to my words, women can lead. At the Bay, lots of women lead. We have um, female pastors. I'm saying in Scripture, men represent leadership. Are you with me? So we see here in, in John chapter 9, Jesus is still, Jesus heals the man of blindness. Now, it's important for us that when we look today in today's society, that we as a church are not blinded by fear. We are not blinded by the noise of negative media that we hear on a daily basis, that we are not blinded by the noise of war and hyperinflation, but that we keep our eyes on the vision and purpose that God has given the church today. Amen. Amen. Jesus, family, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is still opening up blind eyes today. Amen. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is still opening up blind eyes today. Literally, figure, literally and spiritually. Amen. Let's look at verse 4. He said, I must work the works. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. For as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He's the one who shines light into a dark place. He's the one who shines light where there's darkness where people can't see. Verse 6, he says, and he said these things. And, and when he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with his saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. He spits in the ground, takes the clay, the mud, and he puts it on the blind man's face and he makes a mess of it. And he says in verse 7, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now I also want to reference verse 14. Let's look at what verse 14 says real quickly. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. So as I mentioned, I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of from a mess to a miracle. One of the things that I notice in this passage and one of the, the things that I notice about this miracle that takes place here in John chapter 9 is that the difference between this miracle and every other miracle that Jesus performs in the Gospels is like when you look at the woman with the issue of blood, is that God restored her health when, he, when she got healed. Um, the, the layman at the pool of Bethesda, God gave him back the ability to walk. But uh, um, with Lazarus, Lazarus died and God gave him back life. With this miracle, however, God doesn't give him back something 
that he lost. All of them lost something and God gave it back to them. However, this man never got back what he lost. This man, God gave something that he never ever had in the first place. The Bible says he was born blind. Never ever saw. So here's the word for you this morning. God wants to give you something that you never ever had before. You see, some of us are stuck in asking God to repair our past. God, please fix my business. It's been broken for the last 15 years. God, please fix my relationship. It's been broken for the last 10 years. Lady, I want to just tell you, if it's been 15 years and he's married, he has five kids and two grandkids, it's time to move on. God wants to give you something new. Open up your eyes to the possibility that God wants to give you something that you never had before. In your family, God wants to give you something that you never had before. Amen. Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Tell your neighbour, God is doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make it out in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Family, you are about to see what you haven't seen before. In 2024, I'm here to announce that you are about to see what you haven't seen before. God has given you something that you didn't have in the first place in your home. You're going to have something that you haven't seen before in your family. You will have something you haven't seen before in your business. You are going to have something that you've never seen before. God has given you something that you never had in the first place. But you have to be willing to open up your eyes and behold that God is doing a new thing. Family, this is what explore means. To explore means to see things that you haven't witnessed before. Things you haven't seen before. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor you heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Will you open up your eyes to the possibility of something new in your business, in your family, in your relationships? Open up your eyes to something that hasn't happened before. I know God is in the restoration business. But God wants to do something new in your life in 2024. Be willing to explore and do what God is telling you to do. Be willing to go where He tells you to go. Can you say amen? Amen. So as we look back again at John chapter 9, we see the beginning of this um, prophetic process in this man's healing. First of all, we see in John chapter 9 that, that Jesus comes and He spits on the ground. He takes his saliva, and I don't know about you, but how many of you like crime scene movies? Like Murder Mystery, CSI. Now, I don't know about you, but I I love those type of movies, but whenever I see saliva, I also think DNA. Because your DNA is embedded in your saliva. So when Jesus comes and he spits on the ground, he spits in the dust, And he mixes his DNA 
into the dust. In other words, what he's doing in this process is going back to the beginning. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, And God formed man from the dust of the earth. So Jesus says, let me go back to the beginning to start this medical process and take my DNA and mix it with the dust of the earth with what you were formed of. Amen. So in other words, understand this. He goes back to the beginning and he's saying this to us, without my DNA, you cannot see. But with my DNA, you will be able to see. Without my DNA in your life, you will go around in circles. But with my DNA, you will step into your promised land. You need God's DNA in your life. Amen. You need God to be with you. With my DNA, you are crippled by fear and uncertainty. But with my DNA, I declare that you are victorious and more than a conqueror. Amen. With my DNA, you may make excuses. But with my DNA, you will be a history maker. Amen. Family, understand when Jesus spits on the ground and he takes his saliva and he mixes it in there and he takes it and he spreads it on the man's face. He makes a mess and spreads it on his face. But understand this family, what may look like a mess to the common eye. See, people may see a mess, but behind the mess, there's a miracle in process. And I'm here to tell some of you that are sitting in this place, you may be at one of our other campuses or online, your life may look like a mess right now. Your family may look like a mess right now. Your kids may look like a mess right now. Your business may look like a mess right now. But behind that mess, I'm here to let you know that there is a miracle on the way that will reveal the glory and the sovereignty of God in your life. It may look like a mess, but it is a miracle in motion. Tell your neighbor there is a miracle in motion. It may look messy. I know you don't like it. When you look in the mirror and you look at your life, you don't like what you see. It may look messy, but there's a miracle in motion. Amen. So understand when Jesus spits in the ground, and takes the mud with his DNA and puts it on the blind man's eyes, on his face. There is a holy transference that takes place. His DNA is now embedded in this man's DNA. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, 11, that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I want to let you know, dear family, that you do not have a diluted Holy Spirit. You have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had on Him. The same Holy Spirit that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The same Spirit is in you. You do not have a second grade Holy Spirit. You have the same Spirit of God on the inside of you. Can you say amen? amen. So understand this. That in 2024, everything might not go 
exactly the way that you want it to go. Things may not go as smooth as you would want it to go. I would be lying to you if I said to you, you know what, in 2024, thus saith the Lord, you shall have no troubles. You shall not go through any storms. You shall not face any attacks. Everything that you, you will have, all things. You will have no arguments with your spouse in 2024. There will be no disagreements. Your husband will agree with you regarding everything in 2024. He will just say, yes, ma'am. And your wife will just say, yes, honey. How many of you know that's not going to happen? I would be lying. Jesus said that in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Even our faith. But guess what? Even though you get knocked down in 2024, I am here to assure you that because the Holy Ghost, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of you, you will get back up. I said you will get back up. You're not going to get back up because you're white or because you're black. Not because you're ANC or DA. You're not getting back up because you're charismatic or because you're Baptist. You will get back up because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. That's why you will get back up. Shout amen if you believe it. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. Amen. In 2024, you will face some trouble. But know this, God is with you. Amen. Now we first see there's a transference of God's DNA onto this man. We see that the same spirit, each and every one of us have received a transference of the same spirit according to Romans 8, 11. John 14, 14 tells us that we have received the name of Jesus. In other words, his name has been transferred to you. Jesus said in John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You have also received a transference of power. Everybody say transference of power. Acts chapter one verse eight says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you've received his DNA, you've received the Spirit of God, you have received the name, and you've received the power of the Holy Spirit. So understand this, because of his DNA on the inside of him, because you've received the transference of all these things, you have been designed to overcome. Tell your neighbor you have been designed to overcome. Doesn't matter what comes your way. You have been designed to overcome. You've been designed to be victorious. You have been designed to speak. Let me say this, to speak truth to power. That is, as the church, our responsibility to speak truth to power. That it doesn't matter what those who are in power say, that we will declare what the truth of God's word is. Amen? Let me make an example that if I came up here earlier on, I said, you know what? Um, in the Bible, men represent leadership, headship. That's why the scripture says, husband is head of the wife. Because husbands are male. I hear some of you giggling because you know where I'm going with this. Because in some circles today, you can't say 
that husband is male. All of a sudden, some of you are really getting nervous because you know where I'm going. All of a sudden, just a few years back, when you say husband is male, something changed. And now if you say a husband is male, you cannot say that. Because now all of a sudden saying a husband is male, you are now being offensive. I, look, for as long as I've been on the planet, husbands have always been male. Some of you are laughing, but nervous laughs. It's okay, I'm on the camera. I'll say it. Get a nice tight shot. Tight shot. Husbands are male. God made male, female. That's it. That is how you speak truth to power. Oh, but pastor, you're being offensive. I'm being truthful. I'm not about to confuse generations because for generation upon generation, we have known what male and what female is. Why all of a sudden, when a specific pandemic hit, all of a sudden after that, now we have 316 different genders. We always had two. What happened to the human species? My child comes home and asks me, Daddy, please explain something. I went to class and they told me this. I'm like, Tish, this is what they're teaching in schools these days. We have to be willing to speak truth to power. Amen. Even today when you say something like Jesus is the only way. Ooh. In church, in some churches, you can't say Jesus is the only way. Then why are you a church if you are not saying Jesus is the only way? Jesus said he is the, the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father but by me. Amen. He is the only way. Once again, touch on. I'm here to declare to whoever's watching, just in case you didn't know, that there is not five ways to get to heaven. There's not four ways to get to heaven. There's not three ways to get to heaven. There's not two ways to get to heaven. But there is one way by which man shall be saved. And that is by the name of Jesus, the name above all names and the name by which every knee shall bow. Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. If you believe it, shout amen. Now, when you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, that's how you speak truth to power. Praise the Lord. It is our obligation and responsibility as the church to make the truth known. Amen. Okay, let's get back to our text. Let's get back to our text. In John chapter 9, here we see Jesus is busy with a blind man, spat, made mud, puts mud on a blind man's eyes. In other words, Jesus was doing a double blind study. How many of you know what? Any academics here? How many of you know what a double blind study is? I have a few people. Thank you. There's one year this morning. So a double blind study is, I'm not even going to explain. It's okay. <laughs> but it's something they do at varsity, amen, when they do research. They call it a double blind study. I'm going to try and work on my jokes a little bit better. <laughs> but here's what happens. Look at what he does. 
Jesus takes mud and covers the eyes of a blind man that can't see. So now he's double blind. You getting it now? But here's the thing. Here's what I want to say. God has a way of opening up our spiritual eyes after allowing us to get blind or after blinding us. It opens up our spiritual eyes after allowing us to get blind or blinding. For example, we see in Scripture, Samson sees the greatest victory in his life after he was blinded. Now, God didn't blind him, but he got blinded by his own indiscretions and disobedience to God. Samson is blinded. And when he's blind, we see Samson kill more Philistines than he's killed in his life during the moment that he's blind and after he repents for his disobedience. We see this in the life of the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul was on, on, on a horse on his way um, to Damascus, the Bible says um, Jesus appeared and a bright light shone and he fell off his horse and he was blind for three days. And it's after this conversion experience that Paul gets up and he takes on the assignment that Jesus gives him and he becomes one of the greatest apostles in Scripture. He writes three quarters of the New Testament Bible. God, family, will blind you to yourself. God will blind you to your selfish ambitions before opening up your spiritual eyes to His purpose and plan for your life. Say amen. amen. So God, so Jesus takes the mud puts it on his eyes and then tells him, listen to this now, he tells the man, go and wash yourself in the pool of Shiloh. In other words, Jesus gives him an instruction. So here's this blind man, still blind, even though he carries the DNA of Jesus on his body. He's still blind. Understand this family, obedience was required to activate the miracle. If he doesn't go to the pool and wash up the mud, he remains blind. Even though he had God's DNA on himself. Some of you and some of us are here this morning. We have God's DNA in us. We have the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead in us. We have the power of God upon us. We have the name of Jesus upon us. Jesus gave you an instruction, but you still didn't go. And sometimes the reason the miracle didn't happen is because we didn't go when He said go. Because obedience is required to activate the miracle in your life. Everything that you need for your assignment, God has already deposited in your life. But obedience will activate the miracle. The Bible says that this man doesn't, Scripture doesn't say that he questions Jesus. Why do I need to wash my face? Why do I need to go to that pool? Can't I go to this pool? He doesn't question. He moves immediately. He doesn't hesitate. You see, family, faith doesn't try to make sense of what God is doing. Sometimes we overthink things. Faith trusts God. That if God said, do it, I am going to do it. Amen? Amen. So we have to get to a place in our life where we understand that the reason the miracle, the, the, the very promise that God has made me years ago is not manifested. Could it be because God told me to do something and I'm still standing and waiting. 
when he said, go and wash your face. When he said, go and do Bible school. You see some, I, I remember years back when I had some young Christian friends and we were very excited because we, were, we, we loved preaching the word. We loved coming to church. And some of us said, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a prophet. I'm going to be an evangelist. And as much as you say all those things, there are certain things that you need to do to get the skills to stand in that core. So you, you may be sitting and saying, oh, I want to preach like Apostle Allen one day. I want to teach the word. I want to preach. I want to be an evangelist. God said, okay, now, here's a call. Now, go and get yourself prepared. Go to Bible school. No, I don't feel like doing Bible school. He's given you the anointing. He's given you the call. But you need to sharpen your skills. And he's telling you, Go to, I'm just using Bible school as an, um, an example. It's by no means a marketing plug or anything like that. Even though registration is happening soon, but I'm just saying. If you know he's called you for something, you need to. You can't say, I believe I'm a medical doctor and never go and study medicine. So why would you think you're going to be a great apostle if you don't want to do Bible training? Are you with me? So the question is, what has God told you to do? Pastor, I believe God has called me to be a kingdom financier. Okay, he said, go and start that small business I've been talking to you about for the last three years. Yeah, but I'm nervous. What if? Did he tell you to do it? Step out and do it. Don't try and overthink it. Do what he told you to do. Amen? Understand, family, what you hear, what God told you is more important than what you see in the natural. If God told you to start something or to do something, do what he told you to do. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. Put your focus on what he said. Don't put your focus on what you see. Say, Pastor, but I don't, I don't make enough money every month. How am I going to? What did he tell you in your spirit to do? Do that. Say Amen. So the Bible says that as Jesus says to him, go and wash your face, he walks to the pool with mud on his face. In other words, he walks to the pool with a mess on his face. Some of us need to learn that even though we have a little bit of a mess in our lives, that we need to keep on walking. I said, even though there is some mess in your life, even though everything's not perfect, I'm telling you, learn to walk with your mess. Tell your neighbor, learn to walk with your mess. In other words, I'm, what I'm saying is, just keep on walking even though your life is in a mess. Keep on coming to church even though your life is in a mess. Even though your kids are in a mess, stay showing up for church. Show up at church with your mess, amen. Even though your life is in a mess, show up in home cell with your mess. Show up for prayer meeting with your mess. Because what looks like a mess to everybody around you, and even though they're talking about your mess, make a decision that you will show up. Because what looks like a mess is a miracle in motion. Amen. Listen, I want to tell you, some of you, shouldn't have made it this far. Some of you should not have made it past COVID. But God, 
stepped in. Amen. Some of you should not have survived that divorce, but God showed up. Amen. Some of you should not have survived that financial attack on your life, but God showed up in your life. So I'm here to say to those of you who kept on walking with your mess, because you decided to stay faithful and walk with your mess because of your obedience to keep walking, you will see what you haven't seen before because you are on the way to the pool of Siloam to wash off the mess off of your face. You made a decision that you're going to keep on walking with your mess. Amen. I want to say to you, in 2024, some of you are going to see doors open up for you. Because of your obedience. Doors of opportunity are about to open up for you. Listen to what I'm saying. You won't have to open up the doors. You won't have to try and kick down the doors. You won't have to try and turn doorknobs. Doors will open up for you in 2024. Listen to me. How many of you have ever been to the mall? And as you approach the mall, you had to knock on the door to try to get into the mall. Anybody? How many of you ever had to turn a doorknob to go into the mall? No, no, no. All you had to do to go down into the mall, you had to walk. And as soon as you go to a certain place, the sensors would sense that you are there and the doors would automatically open up for you and you would walk through. In 2024, because of God's favour upon your life, people will sense His favour on your life and doors are going to begin to open up for you. And all you have to do is walk through. Amen? But you have to walk. Look, when I take my wife to the mall and I drop her off, if I am in the parking area of the mall, how many of you know if I'm in the parking area, the door of the mall doesn't open for me? It's still closed. I have to move myself from the parking area until I get to a certain point. And the moment I hit that point, it begins to open. Some of you are still sitting in the parking lot. All you have to do is get up and move towards the direction that God is leading you in and you will begin to see doors open up for you in 2024. If you believe it, shout amen this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So let's wrap this up real quickly. So he goes to the pool of Siloam and he washes his eyes. Washes off the mess, the mud. And because of his obedience, he begins to see for the first time something that he has never ever done in his life. Family, you are going to see in 2024 things that you have not seen before. Things that you haven't, ima- you are, things that you haven't imagined. You are going to see it in 2024. And as I wrap this up this morning, I want you to say this, when things are not making sense, I want you to know it's making faith. Because God is going to do it, even though it doesn't look like it in the natural right now, I want you to know it's going to happen because John chapter 9 verse 14, this is what I want to call the Sabbath paradox. Look at what it says in verse 14 of John chapter 9. It says, it says in verse 14, now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The miracle happened on the Sabbath. Listen to me. The miracle took place on the Sabbath. How many of you know that according to Jewish tradition, you're not supposed to work anything on the Sabbath? 
You will find if you study this passage out that they complain because the blind man um, received a miracle on the Sabbath. In other areas of the gospel, when Jesus healed a woman that was, that was um, crippled, they said, how dare you heal on the Sabbath? I'm here to let you know that God is going to make things happen in your life and you are going to see miracles happen in your life when it was not supposed to happen. Amen. When your past says it's not supposed to happen, I'm here to let you know God will make it happen. Amen. When people say it's not supposed to happen, God will make it happen. When your haters say it's not supposed to happen, God will make it happen. When hell says it's not supposed to happen, He's not qualified. He didn't go to varsity. How is it that this happened? Because God will make it happen when it is not supposed to happen. If you believe it, shout Amen this morning. God is going to make it happen, amen. In 2024, I want you to open up your eyes to the new and let and, 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 and explore what God wants to do in your life. Grab a hold of what He wants to do in your life. He's going to make it happen when you least expect it to happen. If you're ready for that, put your hands together and give out Jesus some praise this morning. So in 2024, my encouragement to you is explore more and be willing to see more of what you haven't seen before. Amen. Because of your faithfulness, because of your obedience, you're about to see it manifest. The glory of God is about to manifest in your life. When everybody else thought you were a mess, and the things were not going to work out in your life, I'm here to let you know that miracle was in motion all this time. And as you washed yourself under the water of the Word of God, as you drenched yourself in the presence of God, the mess began to flow away and you will begin to see what you didn't expect. You will see what you haven't seen before. Put your hands together and give your Jesus praise this morning if you receive something. Family, let's stand to your feet for a few moments. I want to pray over you this morning before we close the service. Did you get something this morning? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands to the Lord this morning. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. I know for many of you as you stand in this place, in our campuses, that this word has spoken to your hearts. Some of you have been through difficult seasons. Some of you thought that you were never going to get out of the season that you are currently in. You thought your marriage was over. You thought financially that you were over. You thought your business was done. You thought your ministry was done. I'm here to let you know that through all of that mess, God was busy working a miracle. A miracle was in motion. Your test is about to become your testimony. And your mess is about to become your message. Because one of the greatest miracles that you've ever experienced in your life, other than your salvation, is about to manifest so that the glory of God can be seen in and through your life. That's what your 2024 is going to be like. Father, I pray for each and every one of these, your people, with hands lifted high. Father, I thank you that as they walked faithfully with that mess through this difficult season in their life, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus.
that your glory begin to manifest in their life and that they begin to see what they have never seen before in their families, in their marriages, in their lives, in their businesses, in their financial lives, in the name of Jesus. Let it start this moment as they receive your word by faith in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for your anointing that touches each and every heart, each and every life. Let this be one of those defining moments where they begin to see and open up their eyes to the new. In Jesus' name. My family, if you believe it, want to quickly take 30 seconds, put your hands together, open up your mouth and just begin to give your Jesus praise like you have received your miracle. Come on.